This is ESPN New Hampshire, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. Regardless for number 81. Say, Luigi, could you pass me a fork and spoon so that I can twirl my spaghetti? Wiping out is Chara. Also, the goaltender Rask. Lots of confusion. Pasternak. across. Can be carried back in, but not a whole lot further. Then Marshan gets it back to Tarnik, then across. Score! Colin Miller with a blast with two seconds left on the power play, and the game is tied at three. Replaced by Backus, moving in his Backstrom there. Backstrom got it on, got it back again. He's And welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy, live from the Buffalo Wild Wings at the Mall of New Hampshire in Manchester. And we have a great food all around us here. Like I said, get, and like Pat said there, get the Parmesan garlic flavor. Oh, my God, it's so good. I did that in a honey barbecue, and it is delicious here. Great beer specials as well. The 349 Bud Bud Light Talls, 499 Goose Island IPAs. Uh, just all-around great deals here at the Buffalo Wild Wings. And, of course, TV's everywhere. A great place to come and watch the Bruins Avalanche tonight and Thursday night football and, of course, Sundays as well with all the NFL on every TV here. It is the place to be, the Buffalo Wild Wings at the Mall of New Hampshire in Manchester. Joining us right now, we are slated to have uh, Mike Chambers at this time to talk some Colorado Avalanche as the Bruins prepare to host them at TD Garden tonight. But Mike is uh, tied up in some traffic, and he will hopefully join us later. And he was kind enough to switch his segment, and that is Sean Hutchin. Mr. Hutchin, we appreciate that. How are you today, sir? Oh, uh, You're welcome. I'm doing great, Jimmy. How are you? I'm good, my man. I just devoured some wings, uh, just hanging out here. It's a good atmosphere, and uh, looking forward to a nice uh, slate of hockey tonight on the tube. And uh, last night, and you heard the song coming in, that is now our official Parstenic goal song. That We are going to pump that up and eventually, hopefully, get it to be played at TD Garden when David Pasternak lights the lamp. So every time he scores, we will play that song the next day here on the Stretch Run. Uh, it is the Pasternak goal song campaign from the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's Pasta's world, and we are just renting space. 
It's unreal, this kid, what he is doing. And that goal last night where he broke in, uh, it's not the goal. The goal was pretty. Don't get me wrong. But it's what he did to get that breakaway. It's what he did to get that goal that really impressed me. That, to me, shows, again, the maturity that he has had in just a short time since last season. And, you know, people, as we've said it before, can they're going to bash Claude Julian with the way he handles young players. But you can't tell me, those people can't sit right now and tell me that the way he handled Pasternak and ensuring and in teaching him that he needed to be a good two-way player, that he needed to play good defensive hockey, didn't help him get that type of goal last night. You agree? Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, you know, these kids, they, they come up through the ranks, and they're the, you know, the star players. They're the best players on their teams, uh, in their leagues, where sometimes in their countries. And the whole game plan, where they, wherever they play, is get the puck to them and watch them score. And when they come to the NHL, well, now they learn that uh, the, the old adage of the best offense comes from good defense, so they need to learn to play defense. And that's exactly what uh, Chloe did with uh, Pasta, and we see how it's paying off now. Yeah, and it's just, it amazes me. Like, where are those critics now? You know, where are they? Where are they? Where are the ones that say, oh, they, he's not giving Pasternak enough time. He's going to ruin him, or he ruined Spooner, or he ruined this guy. But where, where are they when these players aren't ruined? Because he doesn't look ruined to me at all. He looks oh, no. like he's approaching that superstar status a lot faster than expected. And yet nobody will give any credit to Julian, and it disgusts me. He is not appreciated enough around here. Uh, I know that my, my producer is not a fan. Our fill-in producer, Timmy Buttons, is not a fan of him, and we'll, we'll get to that maybe a little before this show is over. But you've got to give credit where it's due, whether you like him or not. Claude Julian has helped David Pasternak get to where he is, and it's it's helping the Bruins, obviously, right now. Uh, you look at that team right now, where would they be without Pasternak to you? Oh, they would be struggling. There's no doubt they would be struggling. I mean, after Pasternak, you've got uh, uh, Marshan and Bacchus and Moore uh, tied for second place in goals on the team, and they've scored seven goals each. You know, and, and if I can just go back a little, just a second here, talking about Claude and, oh, he doesn't give the young players their chance and he doesn't develop them. Well, since Claude has been here, you know, names like uh, Marshan and Krejci and Krug and uh, uh, Bergeron, and he was here a little bit earlier, but he was, he was still young. Um, you know, those are guys, uh, Rask, those are guys that they were all young kids or weren't here when he, when he was here. He's brought them along pretty nicely. Good stuff, good stuff. Now, you look at that game last night. They, they don't come away with the two points and the win, but they do get a point in a game where they were trailing 3 nothing. Do you Is there a silver lining there to you, or you, you, you still need the two points there? What do you think? Well, I think the two points would have been, would have been great, absolutely. But I think the silver lining is that they were trailing by three goals, and then over the last two periods, they outshot Washington 23-6, to six, I believe it was, and they were able to tie it up and take it into overtime just couldn't put it away in overtime, but still picked up the point that's valuable uh, in the standings. It keeps them uh, two points behind Ottawa for second place in the in the division and five points behind Montreal. So that was a big point, and I think that is the silver lining. I thought, too, as that game went on, uh, Tuka Ras settled in, and he was really a key part in that comeback. I mean, obviously he's not scoring the goals, but his play as the game went on, to me, sort of allowed them to get back in it and, and, and calm them down a bit, too. Did you see that? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, right now, I think, really, we've talked about the, the great scoring exploits of, of Pasternak, but, I mean, as Tuca goes, so go the Bruins, really. He's, he's been their best player, and, and with his stats, uh, I don't think it's too early to say he could be in the running for most valuable player in the league. Yeah, I mean, he could be, for sure. I mean, Tuca's been a man. I don't think, though, we'll see him in that tonight. Are you expecting uh, Hudobin getting a start here on the tail end of a back-to-back? Yeah, I, I expect Hudobin. Uh, that, that seems to be all the all indications of that. Uh, Hudobin will be in that tonight. And, and uh, playing against a Colorado team that has just been decimated lately with injuries and, and illness, that the flu is going through the team. So uh, if, a, if a team is ripe for the picking, it's Colorado tonight. And, and I have confidence that Hudobin can play against any team and, and win. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll talk to Mike Chambers, I hope, later about the avalanche there. Um, you know, but you, you point out they are having some struggles there, and he did mention to me, I was with him last night, that the team is ravaged by the flu right now. Just, it, it's, it's really weird when you look at that lineup, you look at the young skill they have, that they haven't been able to piece it together there, and it's tough. And then, you know, you look here at the Bruins, a, a team that I think a lot of people expected to be in the position the Avalanche are in right now, are going the other way there. What, other than Pasenek and Rask, what to you so far has been the key to this surprising start to the season and the way the Bruins are, are still hanging around there, not just hanging around, actually you know, staying in the playoff hunt? What's been the key for you? The key for me is, is actually, and, and I don't know if people are going to agree with me or not, but um, I think defensively the team has, has greatly improved since last year, um, specifically the defensemen and, and even just defensive overall play. I mean, when you look at, at the goal production, it's down from last season. And, and right now, in, um, I think in goals four in the NHL, the team is in the bottom, I want to say bottom six, bottom seven. But uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to goals against, they're in the top five. So I, I think that's been a real key to it. I think uh, just the young defensemen, as should be noted, they had that year of experience under their belt now, and they're maturing. They're playing with more more confidence and they seem to be getting the job done, and I think uh, some of the newer players also, like a Dominic Moore, as we mentioned, a veteran. When he was signed, there were a lot of people saying, you know, well, that was kind of wasted money, and it really wasn't. Um, he's a veteran. He comes in. He, he's, he's shown he has leadership skills defensively and in the face, face-off circle. He's been excellent. Uh, David Backus has been excellent, and uh, I just think that really overall they are concentrating on defensive hockey before anything else, and it's showing uh, up in, in the standings and in the results, and you know, I agree. They they were expected to to be where Colorado is, and uh, right now Colorado is is in rough shape, being last in the Western Conference. Yeah, and you bring up the defense there, and and man, Brandon Carlo, obviously, I mean, it can't be enough said for the start he's had to his career. Um, but it's just it's amazing to me how how much of a veteran he looks like out there. And I mean, really, you think about it, he had to be sort of thrown in a fire. Not just, you know, at a young age, starting in his career and getting top D-man minutes and getting minutes like he does. But then Chara goes down. And, yeah, he looked a little lost in that game when Chara went down and maybe the game after. But I, he's held his own, man. I, I, I am very impressed by Brandon Carlo. What have you liked about his game out there? He's very poised. Very poised with and without the puck. Uh, he doesn't try to do too much. He plays, as they say, he plays within himself. Keeps the game very simple, and he's learning you can see even once in a while you watch him on the bench uh, and he studies the game. 
And in practice, he's asking questions. He wants, he's a sponge, and he's learning as much as he can each and every day, and he's applying it. That's the real key. He's applying what he's learning, and, and we're seeing that. He is coming along very nicely, and he's been a, a big surprise. And, and, yeah, I agree. He's been one of the real bright spots on the team and uh, has exceeded all expectations up to this point. Uh, Sean, you look right now on the defense. I want to stay there. Who else has impressed you when it comes to some of these young guys? You mentioned that the experience is starting to show there and that they're starting to reap the benefits of playing here last year, even though it was a rough year for a lot of them. But who out of some of the guys that maybe had a rough patch last year has improved the most to you? I think Colin Miller has, uh, really. I mean, he's been in and out of the lineup a bit still this season, but when he's in the lineup, uh, I mean, we saw we know what he can do when he gets the puck from the point. We saw that the other night with the howitzer that he let go um, for a goal from the point. Uh, but he, he's another guy. He For a while, he looked like he was trying to do too much last year when he came up uh, after being traded from L.A. And now he's, he's, he's more acclimated to his surroundings. He's more acclimated to the team. He's learning. He's playing just real sound defense. Uh, he's using his size more. He's using his strength more in puck battles along the boards and in front of the net. And, uh, and he's moving the puck really well, much better. And, and he seems to be skating uh, maybe with a little extra uh, stump, step, a little extra jump to his step, excuse me. And uh, so he's been impressive in my view. Nice. Let's sponsor on the NHL right now. And I want to go, I brought this up the other day with Ty Anderson. We were discussing it, and I, I mentioned it again yesterday. The Arizona Coyotes, supposedly, are listening to offers right now for Anthony Duclair and Martin Hansel. Um, they're in real dire need of some help up the middle there. I think you could add the Montreal Canadiens to that as well, after the news they just got that David DeHarnay and uh, Alexander Galchenyak will be out for six to eight weeks each. Uh, so Absolutely. they might be calling the Coyotes as well. But uh, the Bruins have a guy who's, who... By all reports, uh, they're listening to some offers on, and that is Ryan Spooner. And, oh, by the way, he is a natural center. Is there a mix there? Is there a match, maybe, where the Bruins and Coyotes hook up on a trade? And if so, do you think Duclair would be their target, or do you think it would be Hansel? I really think it might be more uh, Hansel. Um, I know both teams have been have been watching each other over the last uh, few weeks, and um, they both do need help. Uh, I, I think that there have been maybe some reports saying that it could be a package deal going one way, going the other. Uh, but I think it would be more one one for one. And I think uh, Hansel could be the one who, if anything was to happen, I mean, there's nothing imminent as far as I know. But uh, if anything was to happen, I think it would be Hansel who would be coming to Boston. You really think they go after a pending UFA? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, they, you know, because it, it's... They wouldn't if they needed to sign him. It wouldn't be for a long contract, and uh, and he's not making huge money. So um, I think they could go that way. Duclair, hmm. he's he's another young player. I wouldn't. I'm not ruling him out entirely. He's another young player. We all know that Don Sweeney likes to go with younger players. So hmm. there is a possibility. But I think in the middle, you you like to build from your net out and up the middle, and you need really strong centers and stability at that position. So that's why I think it could be uh, Hansel who they go for. Could be interesting there. We'll see what happens with that. I mean, the Bruins right now, if you had a pinpoint one negative thing, it would be scoring. And, yeah, they were able to rally back and uh, and get three past one of, if not the best goalies in the league, in Braden Holpe last night. Um, 
but they need to improve the scoring. That has been their only Achilles heel thus far. And I think, you know, Sean, it's, it's a good time to strike when it comes to a trade and addressing your needs right now. You don't want to wait deeper into the season, you know what I mean? Like it, it, when everybody else is going after the same guys and, uh, you know, the, the, the rumors start to leak out. Like fly under the radar and do it now. And I wonder, you know, we've seen Sweeney not be afraid to pull the trigger on some surprising deals on draft weekend. Um, but, you know, he hasn't really made a major trade in season since he's become GM. Uh, you know, do you think he would be willing to do that, or do you think he's more a guy who's just going to wait till the deadline? Yeah, well, history shows that he is more of a guy who, who waits till the deadline. Uh, he does like to see how the young players do progress. Uh, a player like Ryan Spooner, while still young, he's been here long enough to show what he can and can't do. Uh, and right now, I mean, he's, he's a player who has, I think, has all kinds of, of uh, skill and talent and really could be a, a really solid player in the league. But it just seems to be there are players who are ahead of him, of course, and maybe he needs that fresh start. So I think in this case, I think Don Sweeney would be uh, better off going the route that you were just talking about and, and making a deal sooner, much rather than later. Yeah, we're going to see what happens there. It should be interesting. Sean, are you, uh, you going to be at the game tonight? Unfortunately, no. I uh, had the coach of practice earlier this afternoon at the... Uh, uh, just couldn't make it into the garden. Won't be able to make it in on time, but uh, I'll be in front of my TV for sure. All right, my friend. Well, enjoy the game. Enjoy the hockey. And uh, do yourself a favor. If you ever get a chance, get on over here to the Buffalo Wild Wings at the uh, Mall of New Hampshire in Manchester, man. It's a pretty cool setup. Gigantic place. Uh, service is great, and the food is delish. So uh, give it a try, all right? I definitely will. I'm a big fan of the city of Manchester, and uh, I'm only a half hour away, so that's definitely on my to-do list. Sounds good, buddy. Sean, have a good one, my friend. Thank you, Murph. You too. All right. That is Sean Hutchin of uh, ESPN New Hampshire and also the fourth period. joining us here on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. Like I said, we are live from the Buffalo Wild Wings in the Mall of New Hampshire in Manchester. Great specials going on. Three forty nine Bud Bud Light Talls, four ninety nine Goose Island IPAs, and of course Happy Hour until six, and then it starts up again at nine as well. Come on by, watch the Bruins Avalanche. Uh, you know you got Thursday night football tonight as well. The Raiders and the Chiefs, a great game. What better way to do it than with a nice adult beverage and some wings in front of you? So come on by to the Buffalo Wild Wings in Manchester at the Mall of New Hampshire. We'll be here until 6, so stay with us. The Stretch Run continues on ESPN New Hampshire. Football returns this fall with Thursday night, Monday night, and Sunday night football right here on 1250 ESPN New Hampshire. Manchester's home for the NFL. You know the day destroys the night, night divides the day. Try to run, try to hide, break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side, break on through to the other side, yeah. We chased our pleasures here, dug our treasures there. But can't you still recall? 
Breaking on through to the other side here in a stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm breaking on through these wings. They are delicious here at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Manchester, New Hampshire, at the Mall, New Hampshire. And uh, I urge you to come on down here and enjoy them. And we played the doors there because one, ironically, after he was mentioned by one Bob Snow on our show earlier this week, told a story about meeting him. Uh, in uh, Matthews Arena in Northeastern when he was a teenager. Jim Morrison, the lead singer of The Doors, it is his birthday today. Uh, he would have been 73 years old. He, of course, died July 3rd, 1971, at a young age. It's too bad. but uh, If was, I may, Jimmy... He uh, was one. He was a hell of a, hell of a musician. Yes, go ahead, Tim. If, if I may, a couple other uh, obituary notes. Uh, some might yes, have seen Yes, I saw. Yeah, Greg John Lake. Glenn. Well, first I was just going to, because you were doing music first, Greg Lake oh. of uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer succumbed he to cancer. died today? Yeah, uh, well, like wow. overnight at the okay. age of 69. And then, yes, at 95 years young... Mr. S- Mr. Uh, Glenn's gone. Yeah, our first astronaut to orbit. Because, I mean, Alan Shepard was the first American in space and spent a lot of his life in nearby Derry, New Hampshire. But uh, Senator, as well as astronaut Glenn, was the first one to actually complete an orbit up there. And, as you know, went back in the space shuttle so they could test how old bones uh, took that gravity-free uh, ride. So 95 yeah, right. years old for the uh, Senator. Oh, rest in peace to uh, Mr. Lake and Mr. Glenn as well. Uh, Timmy, uh, we are supposed to be joined by Mike Chambers, but he's having some trouble right now getting to a place where he can talk to us. So you and I are going to toss it around a bit right now. And uh, before we uh, discuss the avalanche a bit and, and the Bruins game tonight, uh, you know, we were bantering off the air the other day, and, and you expressed a... Uh, not too much fondness for one Claude Julien. You seem to be of the crowd that does not care too much for his coaching decisions. And I would like to uh, ask you to explain why that is and, and what, what about it do you not like? I think he coaches a system that uh, is a throwback. I think he was a excellent coach or would be an excellent coach if it was 1988. Unfortunately, really? it's 2016 with a shortened neutral zone and an extra five feet when they moved out each blue line. And... I don't think he gets it. I also don't think he understands that centers don't have to be parked in front of the net. They can actually do spinorama moves and be behind the net, but he even seems to take a more slightly built guy like Bergeron and insist on a design where he goes to the front of the net and parks himself there and inevitably gets whacked when someone tries to get the puck to him. So um, uh, I I actually think that... uh, you know, New Jersey had it. Tim, Tim, this is comical. This is this is quite comical. Well, and I think I, so. So I, Patrice Bergeron 
the the best. He seems to have quite a lot of success there. That, that, that system he's using with Bergeron has led to that line specifically being the best line in the NHL as we speak. The best possession. It's how... I, so I'm just... I don't understand. Like, I'll, I'll like try, I'll humbly, on haters. I'll humbly explain I'm, to you. I got to watch well, what this. What do you explain? You can't argue proof. Sure, proof I can. Proof You can't I argue just, facts. I just saw this World Cup when, when he was You just don't to, like the guy. That's it. You what, just don't like him, no, I'm getting to your Bergeron point first, all right? We can get back to Claude, but the Bergeron point, I Claude, just, the guy, too, that won a Stanley Cup here. The first coach to do oh, so get the in 39 up. years. Yes, get in the... In 39 years, and took him to the finals, and got him a President's Trophy. The second winningest coach in Bruins history. But he sucks, huh? Yeah, we only got to wait 30 more years to get those duck boats ready. Yeah. Um, Bergeron got to he, free... He'll be dead then, by the way. So that doesn't really... I don't know what, how that affects... Free, how that's on Claude that you're going to have to wait another 30 years. They freelanced and, Bergeron it, during the World Cup, and you saw the million things he could do with Crosby and the yeah. other guys. That he's I know. Not it's allowed amazing to do that somebody could do system. that with Sidney Crosby. Oh, but you know, you're forgetting something there, Tim. By the way, Sidney Crosby isn't on the Bruins, so you can't really say, well, look what he did with Sidney Crosby. Why can't he do it here? Well, because Sidney Crosby isn't here. That has nothing to do with Claude Julian. That has something to do with Sidney Crosby not being on the Bruins. It has to do with Claude's system. Ah, and I, Tim, come on. No, I uh, Tim, you come this on. This is an asinine argument, man. This is, th- th- come on. When you want to come at me with stats, you want to come at me with stats to support that point, I'll be more than willing to listen. But until then, please. Well, you know you're what? You're telling me. Uh, why can Patrice Bergeron do what he did with Sidney Crosby? Well, because he's not here. Well, you That's know, the simple fact. Take a breath. That's a big thing to say. Take a breath. That's bre- a big thing to say. Take a breath. Now you want me to come with you stats and facts when you usually yes. argue, hey, how come people don't do the eyeball test? How come they're into all these cybermetrics and all of that sort of stuff? So which do you want? Do you, people wa- do you want people with no, stats? I'm not asking you to come with analytics. I'm asking you to come with stats, like scoring. I'm fine with stats that, like goals and assists and points and wins. Those are the stats I use. That's it. I don't, I don't care about, you know, like all that stuff, like the math stuff and all that. I don't care. But the, the basic facts are right in front of you, and you still want to argue. You want to tell me that somehow if Claude Julien wasn't coach, Patrice Bergeron would be able to do in Boston what he was able to do with Sidney Crosby. Oh, by the way, he is doing that. He is playing just as well. He's actually having a better season, not statistically, but a better season line-wise, okay, with his line mates than Sidney Crosby's having with his. But I think, right. oh, I think who's I'm, his coach here? I who's think, his coach here? Julian. Well, I think under many an NHL coach, the talent that's on this team right now would be blowing away this division and this conference. <laughs> I really do. I just don't think that Tim, this is anywhere Tim, there's near. there's not much talent on this team. There's uh, not much talent on this team. But really, look at this team. Look at the team on paper. There's not much talent on this team. You can ask any scout, any GM, and they're going to tell you the same thing I'm saying. On paper, this is probably the fourth least skilled defense in the league. Okay? There is not one... Expert, like so-called experts. Right. I'm not gonna put myself in that category, but like good scouts, GMs, coaches. If you were to do a poll on paper, not like what they're actually doing right now as we speak, which they're doing way better than they should be, and that has something to do with coaching. Okay, there is not one person in a league that follows the league closely that would agree with that statement. It's it's just not true. That's the problem. 
they, they, they're not a seven. They were set up to fail. And every year that team, that defense is, is set up to fail. Julian shoves it in their face and makes them a contending team. They missed the playoffs by one point last year. It wasn't because of Claude Julian that they missed it. It was because of Claude Julian that they had a chance at it. Well, and anyone think- will tell you that. There are 29 other clubs right now. That, that includes the, the Montreal Canadiens, all the good teams you see right now. All those teams right now would trade their coach for Claude Julian. Trust me on that. His, his ex-employers in Montreal, you're, New Jersey, you know would doing? take him? Really? I, I, think, I think you're listening to, to those idiotic, ignorant hosts on talk radio in Boston. Okay, and yeah, I'm sorry. They're my colleagues, but I'm calling them idiotic and ignorant when it comes to hockey. You're listening to them too much. You're listening to the Felgers, okay? They sit there and don't know crap about hockey and bash Julian just for the sake of creating narrative and creating conversation, even if they don't believe it. I will. It's ag- just it, hold on. It's I bad. Will, I will agree with an earlier guest that he's doing a lot better with younger players now. In other words, I think last season and this season, how he has coached. The 25 and under guys is a marked difference from how he coached. Last year was his best year he ever coached. But I think that was also because those changes were inevitable before last season because he almost was fired. And then it was sort of like... He's almost been fired every year. But I think there was an agreement this time. Cam Neely took over. When it was time for Shirelli to go out the door, I think there was a case of, these are the things, Coach, we'd like you to do a little differently if you're staying. And I'm like the how how should I put this? The new and improved Julian is better than old Julian, but okay. I still think but there is a, a good system. coach adapt, and that's what he's doing. Well, I still think there's a system there, a Bruins style of play that he plugs people into, rather than saying, "I got twelve." How do you forwards. know that's Claude though? How do you know that's Claude that's doing that? Well, because I haven't heard the assistant coaches step up and get any credit for it, well, such I'm as a, a, a rumor to go be head coach somewhere else. It seems to I'm be implying, What I'm implying, Tim, is yes. a lot of the, some of the stuff, not a lot. Right. But at least half of it comes down, like you just said, from above. Yeah. And I don't think that number eight gets called out enough in this town. All right, I'll agree and with I, you I, on I that. I think he has, a, he has a lot to do with the Bruins' failures in the past few years, man. Yep. You know... I mean, I think the problem, and, and actually we can, it's a good segue into Colorado, Tim, and you might agree with me here, is there's a belief sometimes in, in pro sports mm-hmm. that if you, were, if you were good when you played the game, you're going to be A, a good coach, or B, a good GM or management, right? Right. Would you agree? And it's not necessarily true. I mean, Wayne Gretzky is one of the best players to ever play. He's also arguably one of the worst coaches ever in the history of the NHL. And then a great example in Washington, since we've had that on our mind the last day or so, uh, was o- when Oates retired and tried. Yeah, exactly. He looked like yeah. a deer Good caught in the headlights behind the bench. It was sad. Yeah. Brad, yeah, Park, right. uh, Brad Park up in Detroit. That was a disaster. I mean, come yeah, back to New England one. and run your tubing thing over there at Amesbury, you know, <laughs> because, wow, he just, once he went behind the bench. Now, other guys shocked me. And look me. at Sackick. Yeah, I, I don't think Sackick's doing a great job in Colorado. I, I love him as a player. I love him as a person. But he's not doing a great job right now in Colorado. But other, know, look at Patrick Waugh. But other guys have shocked me, particularly how good they are as the assistant, meaning they run a lot of practices and have taken mm-hmm. over. So there's a great crop of assistant like, coaches uh, over there. You know who I thought was um, 
totally underappreciated, and it happens. I mean, he was an assistant, so it's it's normal that an assistant isn't going to get necessarily much credit or, or go underappreciated. But Craig Ramsey, I thought, did an amazing job when he was here. Yep. Yep, you know, very good coach. Doug Jarvis. Doug Jarvis I liked as well. You well, know, he kind of wore th- he kind of he kind of got old, got stale a bit as it as his time wound down here. But man, he you know he's had some good jobs. Who's the there's another well, assistant? Like, let me I'm talk about Doug Jarvis just for a second because yeah, that's something that's something I used to like that we don't see as much in hockey now. And that is where if someone gets a little long in tooth as a player, so they can't stay on a really good team. And he was in right. Washington when there was the Larry Robinsons, and they really should have somehow got to a cup final and never did. But he then went to the Hartford Whalers. In fact, that's where he finally ended his streak of like 914 straight games or whatever it was, the NHL right. record for most games stressed. Because, yeah, you go to the, like the fourth-place team in the fourth four-team Adams division, you're still good enough to play there. You're just not going to crack the starting lineup anymore in Washington. So rather than not dressing him in Washington... He went there. And, and, you know, I think there should be a few of these guys showing up uh, logo, patent problems or not at Vegas. There should be about five guys who this is their last year. No, it won't be. Instead, they'll be on an expansion team getting a pretty good piece of coin for a year or two. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there with Vegas. Oh, by the way, too, did you see the news today about Vegas? This whole uh, thing about the copyright. Yeah, this is nuts. Yeah, it's not good. Well, the, the U.S. Patent Committee or whatever, they, they rejected it. I don't, you know, first off, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was actually good. And they decided we officially want to be known as the Vegas Silver Knights. They didn't need the Las Vegas, just Vegas Silver Knights. Nice, short, simple. But, yeah, how many mm-hmm. helmets can you put on a head and make it look differently? I mean, a knight looks like a knight, whether he's on a chessboard or he's at this uh, poor little college in Albany, New York, that's crying foul. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. But uh, it, it's sort of like when NBC came up with the NBC N. The peacock? Well, they oh, wanted okay. to get rid of the peacock, <laughs> and it had a blue and red N. Nobody checked with the University yeah. of Nebraska at the time. Yeah. And it was like, oh, oh come on. Crazy. But they made them change it. They'll, so. they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Well, listen, before we go out, yes. as we said, the Bruins are playing the Colorado Avalanche tonight. And, of course, there is a, a strong and I think a a very big spot in the hearts of Bruins fans for the Avalanche, considering that back in 2001, uh, they were able to give one of the most beloved Bruins uh, his Stanley Cup in his last game ever that he was unable to achieve here, not because of coaching, because of ownership, never forking over the money to get him that one extra player to make that run they needed to make. They came close in, in 1990. Uh, but just couldn't do it. They lost to the Edmonton Oilers. But finally in 2001, number 77, Ray Bork got what he wanted all his career in 22 years, and here's that magical moment. As we go out here in a stretch run, and we will be back here uh, for the final segment, but enjoy this great, memorable moment for any hockey fan, Raymond Bork winning the cup. Joe Sackick will come out to receive it as captain. The Stanley Cup winning Colorado Avalanche. And after 22 years, Raymond Mark!
You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, right here on ESPN New Hampshire. You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for The Right Time with Bomani Jones, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Sneaking in behind the D. Cuts towards the middle again. Drops it off for Deshane. He swoops it front. What a shot by Rita with the rebound. It's put in. Still, the PK, another smart play. Stick in the passing lane. Breaks it all up. Barry teased up again. To the outside. Rebound score. Duchesne, his second of the period. And we're tied once again. Catch. Four hands to the inside. Rivera. Goes cross ice. Got it over to Johansson. And Johansson scores! Roman Josie breaks the tie and the Predators break through on the power play. And welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy, live from the Buffalo Wild Wings in the Mall of New Hampshire in Manchester, New Hampshire. And I played that song for our next guest, uh, Mike Chambers. Uh, I felt like it was playing to me, Mike, uh, when I got up today. How about you? (laughs) Jimmy, my Irish buddy. I had a good time last night. <laughs> it was a great time. It was great catching up with you as always. And, man, what, a, what delicious food we had at uh, Bella Vista, right, in, uh, in the North Bella End? Vista. Is that the name? Yeah. Bella yes. Vista. I don't remember the names of the places after, but uh, it was a good time for sure. And uh, Mike, the Colorado Avalanche uh, come to town here to take on the Boston Bruins tonight, and that's why you are over at TD Garden right now for the Denver Post covering that game. But the Avalanche uh, having a rough season, and as you and I discussed last uh, last night, uh, kind of surprising considering all the young talent sprinkled around that roster. To you, what has been the problem for them to kind of come together as a cohesive unit? Well, I've said this numerous times. Uh, this is a team that hasn't done enough in free agency and uh, via trades to acquire top-end D. Their, their blue line mm-hmm. is uh, a below average, and, and it's, it's, been, it's killed them the last two years, and it's hurting them here this season. Uh, I, I'm actually surprised that they are in this rut. They are, uh, haven't won a game in, in their last six, 0-5-1. And, and uh, I, I, I thought this team was going to turn around and contend for a playoff spot because of the coaching change, and I thought that something had to change, and Joe Sackett, the GM, chose to stick with the core 
the, the players, and he didn't make a lot of offseason moves. So I, mm-hmm. I just felt like something had to change, and I wasn't sure if Patrick Waugh was such a great coach. And it turns out that this is pretty much the same team that Patrick Waugh had the last two years. Perhaps it wasn't yeah. his fault, but uh, you've got a lot of lottery picks on this team, uh, a lot of great talent, but they are going nowhere fast. It sounds a lot like uh, a team up north there, the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, we saw how they stockpiled all those picks and had all these top picks come into their lineup and just couldn't really get it together, of course, mm-hmm. until uh, the, the, the second coming of Christ up there. Uh, <laughs> Connor McDavid shows up. But, uh, you know, it, but I think it's a lot more than that now that they're getting it together there in Edmonton. Um they're obviously with the team struggling. A lot of names are going to pop up in trade rumors, and one of them right now, of course, is Matt Duchesne. Can you envision them ever moving him? Yes, I do because really? he's so marketable. He, he's, uh, you know, he's a, a Canadian hero. Uh, he's been on a on an Olympic team, a gold medal, a World Championship too, in fact, and now a World Cup. So I think uh, I think he's very marketable especially in Canada um, yeah. and his salaries I mean he's his cap hit of six million isn't that bad so I think that he's among those that if, if, if his team doesn't change and and start playing really well I think that they will start unloading some guys and I think Shane is up there uh, Tyson Berry perhaps Eric Eric Johnson's got a real tough contract he's going to be Paying, uh, or he's going to be making six million at age thirty-five. Um, Gabe Landeskog is a possibility, but uh, certainly mm-hmm. there's a lot of of, of of talented guys on this team that uh, other teams would certainly like to have. I could see that maybe the Montreal Canadiens have an interest in a Duchesne. Obviously, they need help up the middle. We will see, my friend. Let's quickly look at this game tonight. Uh, Calvin Pickard will get the start. Yes, and I believe he's really not the backup. He, he, well, I guess he is. He is the backup, but in my mind, he's the best goalie on this team. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with you. Varlamov just hasn't played that well since uh, 2013-14. His last two years have been rough, and at the start of of this season, his days percentage was down to 881. So. Uh, he, he's just not the goalie that he once was. And uh, Calvin Picker is, uh, you know, he's, he's the goalie of the future on this team. I just don't know when that future is. All right. Well, we will see. It should be a good one over at TD Garden tonight, the Colorado Avalanche and the Boston Bruins. Mike, always a pleasure, buddy. Good catching up and uh, keep in touch, my man. All right. Thanks for having me on, Jimmy. Take care. All right, that's Mike Chambers of the Denver Post. We are here at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Manchester, New Hampshire, at the Mall of New Hampshire, and I am joined now by two servers from the restaurant here. You want to say your names? Nicole. Aaron. All right, guys, how are we doing today? Awesome, man, you? Good, good. So uh, what's it like working here? Awesome. Yeah? yeah. Nicole, I'll start with you. What do you like best here? Um, I actually really love the guests and the atmosphere and the music that we play. It's very... Oh. Up. Oh, there we go. Hello. Yeah, there you go. A lot better. Myself now. It's a really great place to work. We have a really good atmosphere. Um, everyone that we work with is always happy to be here. Um, the music's great, and the food's good. So uh-huh. it's fun to work here, and we love it. 
Do you guys, uh, now do you get a, uh, a staff discount on the food or what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got it on these wings. I, I don't know what I'd do, though, working. I'd be eating wings all day. I know. It's awful. Gain like 30 <laughs> pounds. Gain so much weight. Yeah, <laughs> you really do. What's it like on a uh, football Sunday here? Packed. Yeah? Usually packed, uh, especially if the Pats are playing. Um, okay. But I'm a Detroit guy, so I wish I was in Detroit You're a right Detroit now. guy, eh? Yeah. Are you from Detroit? No, God, no. Oh, okay. How did you become a Lions fan? I, honestly, I don't know. I just I watched the Lions two years before their 0 16 season. I love them since. Okay. So. Did you like Barry Sanders back in the day? I loved Barry yeah, Sanders. he's probably one of the best. Uh, I not probably he's he one of the best. Yeah, and they're they're turning around. You must yeah. be psyched right now. Number one in the division right now. Yeah. Correctly. Yeah. So they just got to keep winning. Big, uh, go. Yeah, good season for them. How about you? What's your team? Um, I don't really watch all too much sports, but wow. I do. I know I cheered my whole life, but I love football, so I definitely love the Pats. So. Okay, cool. Now, do you guys get other teams' fans to come in here because you got all the the games here? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. What's the the more popular team other than the Patriots that, of fans that come in here? Oh, Be like the Giants one. or what? No, I. I I've seen a lot of Dolphin fans. Yeah, in there. Dolphin fans. A lot of huh? Dolphin fans. Yeah. But your manager Brian brought him up from Florida, right? Uh, probably. <laughs> Maybe he's paying him. Who knows? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> well, I know you guys. Uh, you get specials here. You got happy hour. Tell the listeners uh, what time is happy hour here every day. Two to five and five to ten. Close. Close. Wow. Monday, Monday through Friday, yep. so we're closed new, midnight on Friday, but we'll do happy hour up till midnight. So okay. We don't have any. We our last call is usually at midnight. So. Nice. And what's it been like as the uh, holiday rush ensues here with all the shoppers? Are you starting to pick up business? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. nighttime. Especially nighttime. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. When, wow. when the night comes on a Friday, Saturday, oh, it's busy. Yeah, I was saying to your manager earlier, do you get a lot of uh, husbands and boyfriends sneaking away in here and, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> from, the, from the ladies and they go do the shopping? A lot of secret bags at the bar with men. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, Love they're, it. They're the... The, I guess you could say the donkeys for, for about the whole two, three weeks up until the end of December. So That's great. Well, we want to thank you. We've had a great time here. You guys are great. We love the staff, and, uh, and the food obviously is delicious. So thanks for coming on. Thank Absolutely. you for having yes, us. All for right. Us. That is Nicole and Ryan. Aaron. Aaron. That's right. Uh, here from Buffalo Wild Wings. I get short-term memory loss. Uh, it's okay. Aaron, you know? <laughs> hey, hey, you'll never yeah, forget yeah, it. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so, yes, like Aaron Rodgers. There exactly. But yeah, I like you a lot better, though. <laughs> He's overrated. A little bit. Uh, anyhow, this has been the Stretch Round live from Buffalo Wild Wings at the Mall of New Hampshire in Manchester. I want to thank Timmy Buttons working the boards back there at the studio in Nashville. Had a great time here. Thanks to the staff. Thanks to Pete Terrier setting us up. This has been another edition of Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll talk to you tomorrow.